the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast, episode number seven to be precise. We hope all you lovely listeners have had a good week and hopefully we can brighten up your day with some more fun and chat on all things gaming. Each week we aim to bring you some gaming news and discuss what we've been playing and our hot new releases, so if that's your thing, then please do subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to on, so you do not miss an episode. I am Jessica, and I am joined by Craig. Hello, everyone. We don't have Andy with us this week, but he should be back next week. Ooh. <laughs> so, what have we been up to this week, Craig? I got my Valentine's steak. Yes, I did. You did? There was, you know, I mean, it wasn't the most romantic of situations, though, was it? That wasn't my fault, though. No, that's I'm just, not blaming It's just a product of two children yeah, that yeah. don't understand. So literally, as soon as like Craig brought out the dinner plates and sat them out, our youngest decided to spill a full cup of, of juice yeah, everywhere. It literally went everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was as if she saw me set the dinner down and just went, fuck this, and volleyed it across the room. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I did see to be fair, I kept my cool. I kept my cool you pretty did. well. I sat there. And like being I... the, the honorary gentleman that you are, you said, No, Jessica, you sit, you eat your dinner, and I'll clean it up. Well, I'll tell you something, this is a market change from last week when you were picking on me. I'm getting a wee bit of praise. I'll get to that. I'm Aye, gonna, I'm yeah. get, getting a wee bit of praise here. Yeah, I mean, good. I didn't make the sauce, but <laughs> getting a wee bit of praise. Smashed out a great steak. Indeed, and it's pancake day today as well. I didn't even get a pancake. I made you, well, I made you chicken crepes. That's kind of like a pancake. Well, I suppose, but I mean, you made pancakes for the kids. You just waited until I left. Well. Like a rude individual. Well, you could have made them yourself before you went to work. That would involve getting out of bed early, which is not going to happen. No, that's not your thing. No. Oh, it's not your thing either. <laughs> You're going to have fun going back to work next week. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got your style long liar too, haven't you? Don't even know what a long lie is these days. Okay, let's let's move on. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> very quick to move on when you've not got your wee running buddy here <laughs> to pick on me. What have you been up to this week, Craig? I have been working all the time. I think I've had one day off since we last recorded, and that was pretty much a you have to have a day off. Like the uh, I was going to say European restrictions, but we don't actually have those anymore. But there's still restrictions in place that mean you have to take a day off. So I was forced. But apart from that, I have been working constantly. The good thing for me really is that when I, the work I do, I can do without sort of thinking about it. And I listen to a lot of podcasts while I work. It's been, I wouldn't say, I don't, I don't, my work's not fun but I love listening to podcasts. So getting through a lot of podcasts can be pretty entertaining for me. And I was going to say, there's a story that I listened to. The podcast was called Deep Cuts. You ever heard of it? No. It's this, I've I've had it on my sort of radar for a while. It's, I don't think it's weekly, but each time they put out a new episode, it's on a completely different subject. And it's it's called Deep Cuts, but it's basically deep dives into like a certain story or a certain event that happened. So the one I listened to was about a woman called Lisa Frank. Okay. You heard of Is her before? Me, well, that's the thing. I don't know because it meant nothing to me, but apparently she is extremely 
well known. I don't know if this is an American thing or not, but back in the 70s, she sort of wanted to become an entrepreneur. So she started off by buying pottery in a different state and then selling it in her state for a markup. So pretty basic stuff. Then she realised that if she was to put some sort of artwork on the pottery, she could mark it up even more. So she started doing that and selling the pottery for, I think it was three times the price. Mm -hmm. So she was making a fortune. Then she moved into... she. I think basically what she realised was it was the artwork that was doing more of the heavy lifting. That's what was selling the product rather than the pottery, or more so, certainly. So she ditched the pottery and she moved into selling stickers, which doesn't sound lucrative, but apparently it was mental. <laughs> she made money hand over fist. What kind of stickers? Just like, it was like, her artwork was apparently very vibrant, like pictures of animals and stuff like that, like kids, stuff for kids. Okay. Uh, stickers and she made a fortune off it but then i think it was in the either i think it was the early 80s they referred to it in the podcast as the end of the great sticker boom so apparently the ass fell out the sticker industry <laughs> who knew such a okay. thing could happen weird but um i so the, the sticker industry died in its ass I mean, basically we've got, we've got a full shortbread tin of stickers uh, well don't tell lisa frank so what she decided to do was she, being the good entrepreneur that she was, started buying up stationery, like notepads, different things like that, like binders, and she started putting her artwork on this. Now again, this boomed, and she started making millions. And apparently this is, they made it out like it was a global brand, this Lisa Frank like all little girls like eight nine year old they were there's lisa frank shops i think to this day but uh certainly back in the like 90s and stuff like 80s 90s like it was the things to have and it was like i don't know a jotter would be like a tenor because it had a picture a lisa frank picture like a walrus or something on it or a lion or something so I'm listening to this podcast and I'm thinking, where's this going? There has to be more. Well, that's the kind of <laughs> There has to be more to it than this. But then it did basically get really mental. She married one of her employees, and apparently the whole like they they bought this factory. She became so big that she managed to rename the street. I think it was called Lisa Frank Lane or Lisa Frank Avenue. She got so big, then it just turned into complete madness where her and this other guy were having like cocaine parties at work, um, completely mistreating their employees. They were they would send an employee once a week to go and, uh, with a bag of money to go and meet someone with a package, which was obviously like a massive bag of cocaine or something like that, mm -hmm. come back. They were completely abusing their employees. They would... I, I don't think the pay was great, but like the there was a story where one of the, the things that one of the people said was what someone was late for work one day, so the next day when the person came in, the husband locked them in a room after their work for like three hours, basically held them prisoner because they had been late the day before. So there's all this oh. sort of madness. Yeah, uh, they had a child 
and this guy, um, when they, after they had the child, Lisa Frank sort of disappeared into the background to look after the children, and this guy, who was apparently a right bastard, he became even worse, and he would do things like there was a, a woman who a woman a female employee who he thought was particularly ugly, and apparently he would only refer to this employee as that guy, like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just absolute madness. He'd be like, oh, that guy, to, to the point where he, like, broke this person. Like, just absolute madness. He banned high heels because he, he was uncomfortable with anyone being taller than him. Like, it's a really famous story. Like, I'm, I'm basically bringing this up because everyone needs to listen to this episode of Deep Cuts. It is insane. He ended up, he had this sort of ringleader woman that worked there that he used as his, he called her his enforcer. Her name was Rhonda Roulette. That's her real name. <laughs> I think it was Rhonda Rousey before Rhonda Rousey. But like the, the whole thing, like it just, it descended into absolute madness. And bas- she ended up divorcing him. It went through like a huge court case He's now a preacher who sells T-shirts and apparently is making like hundreds of thousands of dollars off these preacher T-shirts. That like the whole story, I I just I just couldn't believe. Like it, it, it honestly, it, it descends into absolute madness. I don't want to like give away everything, but mm. far be it from me to direct people to other podcasts. But this episode of Deep Cuts. It's a shame Andy's not here because, like, when I when they got to the part in the podcast when they were talking about locking someone in a room because they were late for work, it made, reminded me of this story where Andy's not here to defend himself. When we were younger, me and Andy worked in a bakery. The bakery will re- remain unnamed uh, for legal purposes, but uh, <laughs> so we were like because you got up to all sorts of shit in oh there. Oh my god, honestly! <laughs> so we were. Six, no, 15 years old or something like that. We shouldn't have been allowed to be left alone in this place, but the, the guy left and just basically left us cleaning this bakery, which was brave of him, to say the least. So each night when we finished at six o'clock, we would set the alarm and head home, and then the night shift... Was there would... somebody older? 15? Aye, 15, aye. I was in charge. They left me in charge because I'd been working there for like a week longer than anyone else. Oh, so oh, Honestly, mental. You wouldn't get away with it these days, but so... We would have to set the alarm because the night shift would come in about two hours later, about eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So one night there was three of us working and uh, there was the changing rooms and Andy was in getting changed. And there was that for some reason, I don't know why, there was a lock on the outside of the changing room doors, which was a really stupid thing to do. I mean, maybe he was another Lisa Frank. He never locked me in a, a room, but maybe he did with other people. But we decided Andy was yeah, the last that one. That even... That raises questions. Why was there a lock on the outside? I don't know. He was a weird guy, honestly. There's there's definitely something not right about him. It, yeah. it, 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 it raises questions. Okay. But uh, so Andy was the last one getting dressed. And for a laugh, me and the other guy that was there, who was also called Andy, locked him in the changing room. Oh, now... At the time, this wasn't planned. Like in, in this place, you were getting paid. We were literally getting paid £3 an hour. So... It was all about ways to amuse yourself. Like, you couldn't have cared less if you lost a job, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're getting paid peanuts anyway. So we hadn't thought of this ahead, but we always were... Everyone 
found ways to just wind each other up as the way we get through our shifts. So we locked the door and he went mental. Like Andy's got a short fuse <laughs> and he just, he got angry. And at that point... As you as you bloody would, there's somebody locked in somewhere. Aye, absolutely. I mean, it was... Aye. Hey, look, I get locked in the walk-in freezer for two hours one time, right? That, I think that's the reason why I can't feel cold anymore. <laughs> Literally, a walk-in freezer, two hours. They, when you could shut the freezer, you could put a, a screwdriver down the thing to hold it. It was like the blooming butler at a Tomb Raider. Oh, anyway, we lock him in this changing room, and he gets really angry straight away. Like, I expect him just to be like, ah, very funny, guys. No, mm-hmm. he's screaming, get me out of here. So at that point, we are thinking, he's too angry if we let him out. He's he's gonna he's gonna start chucking stuff. He's gonna get really angry. He's gonna get battered, basically. Ah, uh, he's yeah. gonna go mental. So we thought ah, we can't let him out. He'll get too angry. We can't leave him in either. Oh, we did. So we set the alarm, locked the door. Now, thankfully, the alarm obviously didn't reach into the changing rooms because oh, he, 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 he it, uh, oh he wasn't he sitting still. He was yeah. going nuts. So we shut the door and then we're shouting in the window to him, Andy, that's the that's the alarm set, by the way. You better get comfy. Don't you fucking dare. See you later, Andy. And we're just like, and then the two of us are sitting there going, me and the other Andy, should we actually leave him? And we're, we stood there for about five minutes. He thought we were away, but we stood there for about five minutes thinking about it and we're like, we can't let him out. If we let him out, he's going to go absolutely ballistic. <laughs> we're going to have to leave him. So we did. We, we walked away and we left him. It was literally about a quarter of them, a quarter of a mile walk to the main road, and I got to the main road. I could still hear him screaming, "Get back here!" Apparently, the the night shift boy turned up at eight o'clock and found him. And the and the. So how long had he been there? Two hours or something like that. And I suppose he's wouldn't have had like mobile phones and stuff like that. Eh. Uh, or maybe, maybe but yeah, I, I think we did. He need he needed to phone somebody that was able to actually let him out. Oh, nobody didn't want to let him out. I'm trying to think because if he had a mobile, I'd have been texting him, winding him up, mm. and I don't remember doing that. But yeah, we must have had phones. But um, oh, he was raging. And the next day, I came into work, and the night shift guy, I, I was there till the night shift guy came in the next day, and he was like, "You better watch your back, by the way. He's going to kill you." <laughs> See when he yes. finds you. Apparently, when Kevin, the night shift guy was called Kevin, when he opened the door and he just like burst past him, and he was like, "What are you doing in here?" And he says he never spoke a word. He only found out the next day what had happened. So, I uh, just uh, see honestly, um, like I say, Andy's not here just now, but we could literally do a spin-off bakery podcast on the <laughs> amount of madness that happened in that place. Yeah, I've heard many of the stories and. Makes me never want to eat anything from a bakery again. Ah, shall we, did, we, say. we didn't mess with the food. To be fair, that was much. just much. <laughs> Aye, okay. We didn't, but it was it was all like people think of that and they think of pissing and dough and stuff like that. we weren't doing stuff like that. No, like just put salt on the donuts. Aye, somebody salted a thousand donuts. That was quite funny. Not for the people eating the donuts or the guy that owned the bakery or <laughs> <laughs> whoever it was that took the blame because it wasn't us. Uh, but it was good. Uh, it was good. It was. See, to be honest, you're getting paid three pound an hour, so we had to make up for that in fun, mm. and we did. Okay. Maybe get more stories from the bakery once Andy's back. Okay, so let's maybe talk about some games. Maybe so. 
Last week, uh, Graham was our winner of Ultimate Nightmares 2 giveaway, so we hope you enjoy that. And please do write in and let us know once you finish the game and let us know your thoughts. Um, similarly, if you have played the game and want to share with us your impressions, you can write to us at puredeadgaming at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at puredeadgaming. Yep. Last week, we discussed Retromania Wrestling, which, contrary to what Craig said, does have a story mode at launch. Yeah, as, as soon as we finished recording, I was thinking about it, and I was like, and then I checked, and I was like, bastard, it does have a fucking story mode. I'm pretty sure it was initially supposed to come out last year, and I think at one point, like, when it was initially going to come out, it didn't, and it was going to be added after, and I think I just had it stuck in my head that that was still the case, but it does, it's got a story mode at launch, it's going to be you playing as Johnny Retro, who is John Morrison, and he's just coming back from injury. And I think it, apparently it starts off with you sort of shaking off the rin rust at Stevie Richards Fitness Academy. And there's kind of lots of twists and turns. Apparently you can even make some different decisions. So I don't know if it can play out in different ways or if it's just kind of arbitrary decisions. Mm-hmm. But seemingly there is a fairly robust story mode. So to be honest, that makes me even more excited about it. And I was reading there was another mode that I didn't actually know existed, which is a £10 of gold mode where I think it's like a sort of King of the Hill thing. You have to play through, you have to go through each wrestler and at the end you get to Nick Aldis, who's the NWA champion. And if you beat him, you win the title and then the game will save whoever beat him for the title. And then when you play exhibition modes or anything like that, then that wrestler will come out with the belt. So it's quite cool. Um, like it, it looks like a really good game. Like I just, I love the art style. I mean, it's very nostalgic for me I suppose just because of what we played before in the arcades with Wrestlefest like I'll always associate that with a lot of good times as a kid Mm. but I was looking at the roster and it's not the biggest or the most star-studded roster but I mean you do have Tommy Dreamer you've got Johnny Retro which is John Morrison you have the Legion of Doom then you've even got sort of strange entries like the Blue Mini, Jeff Cobb, like there's Stevie Richards, as I said earlier, like it's it's a sort of a bit of a picking mix of of, mm. of stars, but it it looks really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And we've only got two weeks to go after all this time. Because it was initially supposed to come out about a year and a half ago. But what's, what's delayed it? I think just, it's a small team. I think it's I don't know if it's one guy, but it's like one or two guys that are making it. Mm. And I think the guy's just a perfectionist. Like he's been he's been very good with keeping up with like sort of diaries on the game and releasing screenshots, like different stuff like that. So he he's been keeping the community updated and I think to me it just looks like he was always delaying it so that he could add more stuff in. And I think he just I suppose like it's a passion project for him and I think just as you would be you would get to a point where it's almost at release and you'd be like but it could be better if mm-hmm. this is in it and some things aren't that easy to add in afterwards you want to make a good first impression so it looks like it's coming together really well I'm really excited to play it and we've only got two weeks to wait so fingers crossed but yeah definite correction there it was uh, Chris actually that pointed it out to us uh, but like I said, I noticed straight after recording, it just 
I wasn't going to go back and re-record it. Mm. Like people are well well aware that I'm an idiot. There'll be probably a corrections section. That could be a, a, sta- yeah, just, aye, yeah. a staple going forward because I'm just sitting here talking pish. So. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell us what you have been playing this week, Cake? Yes. Uh, before I get into the main games that I've been playing. Oh, here we go. What nonsense platinums have you done this week? Oh, none actually. Oh, yeah. Because I've been working that much, I should get a fucking platinum for my work. I tell you that. I'll still take over. I'll take the overtime money instead, right enough. Uh, no, I wanted to talk about Cyber Shadow just briefly because I only played it briefly. But I actually played it two weeks ago and then a week ago, and I just I played that little of it that I kept forgetting to mention. I'd actually played it, and there was people on Twitter asking mm. about it. So Cyber Shadow, it's like a two D, very retro kind of. I think it's sixteen bit. It's a Basically, like a, it looks like a 2D SNES Ninja Gaiden style game. It's really good, but it's really not my thing. Like, I can appreciate that it's a good game. I, I, can, I can appreciate that it's a great game. Like, it's getting really high scores. Everyone that is into that sort of game is loving it. Like, I've been listening, I've listened to multiple podcasts where they've been waxing lyrical about it really really good game it's just not my type of thing it was on game pass i checked out on that and i think part of it is i'm just not that good at these games like they're difficult it's a difficult 2d side scrolling you're a ninja take out these enemies but it's very you have to have very sharp reflexes which i do not anymore you have to you, you have to be good at 2d side scrollers which again i never was particularly great at them so i'm quite sure if i put the time in i would get through it but it's just it's not a game that i want to dedicate that much time to um i feel there's too many of these 2d games coming out like it was there was a time about six or seven years ago where it was novel and it it was fun and yes this is better than almost any of the other ones that have come out but i've just i've just had my fill i just i just feel like it's something that's getting leaned on too much just now and i know a lot of people won't agree with that they they want more of this sort of thing but i don't i just i prefer 3d games i prefer i like indie games like but just i don't know see these 16 bit style action games i'm just i'm just not I'm just not enjoying them. So it's a game that if you're into that style, I would absolutely recommend. Like it's getting really high scores. Definitely check it out, especially if you have access to it in Game Pass. But for me personally, it's it's not my type of thing. I did try I, tr- I tried to like it, but I just I just can't. Uh aside from that, I completed Little Nightmares 2, which is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's I think it's better than the first game, and I loved the first game. I even replayed it recently. I just think the environments are better in the second one. I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm currently writing the review, but everything about it, I just think it's a a bigger, better version of the first game. I've, I've heard a few people saying that they thought the first one was better, and the first one does have the advantage that... It sort of came out of nowhere, it had no expectations, whereas I think the second one had expectations from fans of the first game. But I mean, I went in with expectations and I, I absolutely love it. I just, I think it's great. I'd started off playing it on the Xbox Series X, but as we got deeper into the week and or the weekend, 
and I realised that I was not going to have much time not at work. I purchased it for PC so that I could finish the review. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm only about halfway through on Xbox at the moment, so I wanted to be able to power through it, and I could. I knew that between lunch breaks and extended lunch breaks, mm-hmm. I could fire through it at work just because... It's not that long a game, and for the Xbox, we did get a review code through, so I don't want to be waiting three weeks to write the review. Yeah. I want to get it up quite soon, yeah. and I just wasn't going to have the time to do it otherwise. So, But it's it's excellent. Like I'm hoping to have the review up what we're at Tuesday, possibly by the time this podcast goes live. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what I'll aim for when the, this podcast goes live, to have the review up. But if you... I suppose... I'm just by saying about two two D side scrollers. I suppose that's technically as I mean yeah. it's two it's two point five D, but it's just the puzzles. I don't know. I just I'm not very good at puzzle games, but I feel like Little Nightmares. It makes you feel smart because nothing takes that long to figure out what you should do, and there's quite a lot of times where you're just like, hmm, I wonder if that would work, and it does. Mm. So it's quite intuitive that way, and. The animation's great. It's so creepy, but in a, I don't. It doesn't go for jump scares. Yeah, it you just get, like it doesn't. It's scary. Like it's creepy. The some of the, the yeah, characters and the character are models like, and stuff like that. But it, it's not. I mean, for me, like I don't like scary things at all. But yeah, whereas Little Nightmares too, like it's and the first one, obviously, like it's the art style makes it creepy, not scary. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's, I suppose, one of the, I don't know if you were through when I was playing that portion, but there's like a teacher in our The worm thing. Yeah, and our head just sort of extends. Yeah. So maybe a slight spoiler, but I'm not going to get into too much about it. But it's uh, it's just the look on their faces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, it is super creepy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's a really, I think it's quite a sophisticated mm-hmm. method of horror mm-hmm. rather than relying on a jump scare. Like, I feel like... I don't watch that many horror films, but I always feel like jump scares are like a cheap way of achieving mm, horror, yeah. whereas a more psychological approach is, is a harder mm. thing to do. But if you and pull it off, I think it's better. You also like develop that sort of affection for the character you're playing as well. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, my guy. Like, <laughs> what's he, uh, does he have a name? I don't know. It's a girl, I think. Oh, I mean, I always play with a bag in the head. <laughs> I love that. See, you get the different hats. Like the same as the first one, you can like unlock different hats and stuff like that. I need to actually. I'm going to try. I want to get the thousand G on Xbox. So I need to get all of them. But you get a bunch of different ones, and like there was one bit I was stuck at, and I had to look up a video, and they were using like a certain hat, and I was just like, ah, it just doesn't look right. Like it, it was a more normal kind of hat, but I'm just like, I like the paper bag over his head, her head. Yeah, definitely. I just keep that one. But I will obviously collect all the hats for achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have I been playing? The only other thing really is more, a little bit more disjunction, which I spoke about last week. I This might be the last time that I talk about it because the game's really fucking hard. Like, I got to a point uh, on Saturday night, I think it was, we were waiting for dinner, and... I just couldn't get any further. Like, maybe if I... I suppose if I look up a guide, I'll maybe find a way to get by it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm usually pretty good with stealth. But stealth in 2D, 
or uh, kind of isometric 2D like I'm I'm not as used to and I think it's just I'm not you get certain gadgets to help you and I think it's just that I'm not sort of thinking to use the gadgets in the right scenario because I bet I got to I'm just like how the fuck am I supposed to get by these guys Mm. I think I don't know like maybe if I look it up it will be like an easy sort of an easy workaround but it just I must have died about 10 times and then I was just like I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this like I think it genuinely is quite a hard game but it's it's really good that's the thing I'd like to I'd like to see it through to the end because I, I mean I'm into anything as soon as there's stealth involved like um, sign me up but uh, this might be and then the story's interesting as well so I'd like to see that through but it did seem to be getting pretty pretty difficult so I mean I can always step in if that's what you're sort of hinting at here Craig that's that's what I was fishing for aye okay Aye. Give it a go. Is this the one that I slagged off when I first saw you playing it, though? Aye. Yeah, okay. Aye. So I'll be able to slag you off when you can't do it. <laughs> but anyway, what about you? What have you been playing this well, week? Well, Super Mario 3D World Ooh. and Bowser's Fury came out. So obviously I was all over that. Um, I literally got stuck in right as it arrived. And it got yeah. delivered at like half seven at night. And I was like, you can put the kids to bed. I'm going to play this. Um, <laughs> Pretty that's right so. ah, yeah I put the kids to bed and you, I come down and you were straight in about it <laughs> yeah so it's, I mean, it's great it's another Mario game at its finest I suppose reports said that it's the fastest selling game of the year and I thought oh that's really good and then I was like oh but it's actually only February so ah, it's, it's less impressive than wait a minute faster than Hitman I mean I don't know it must be I mean it will be to be fair Mario's a lot Mario sells a lot more than Hitman's going to sell but I might have to get on the, the blower to Agent 47 and get him to wipe that yeah. wee fucking plumber out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, I actually forget he's a plumber, isn't he? I don't think he's ever picked up a till in his <laughs> fucking life. I mean, he goes in the pipes, but that's about as relatable Something as he gets, that, aye, which is not what a plumber does. No. Like, we know a couple of plumbers and they certainly do not go inside the pipes. No, they don't. I mean, there's a few of them that maybe try and shag a pipe, but... Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was initially... Obviously, Super Mario 3D World was initially released on the Wii U, which was obviously Nintendo's worst-selling console to date, so... Actually, about three folk played that version of it. pretty much. It didn't get the credit that it probably deserved. No. Um, That's the thing, though. See, at this point, there must be about four games that come out in the Wii U that haven't come out on something else Mm -hmm. because they released it for the Wii U and went, well, that was a fucking disaster, and then had to... It also came out, like, Super Mario 3D World came out on the same day as the PlayStation 4 released as well. Jesus Christ. So, you know. You couldn't time that much worse, could no, you? No, But this time it has, you know, the release has seen it hit the spotlight, which is good. Yeah, plus so, the Bowser's Fury stuff's new. Well, so yeah, they have... so I've made a bit of a dent in the 3D world, but to be honest, I spent most of my time playing Bowser's Fury. Right. Um, It's just, I don't know, captured my interest a bit more. Okay. Um, it's obviously like a standalone add-on and it's an open world right. where you're basically exploring a lake I can't remember what it's called Lap Cat or something like that and there's like islands dotted around but some of them are like covered up with black gloop that's Bowser Do you still play as Mario? Yeah Right Yeah. I just wasn't sure if you're Bowser No you're Mario um, but Fury Bowser periodically pops up right. and it's about like every six minutes so it's, it's a, I don't know. It's very a, precise. And in, well, that's a guess, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's like an interesting mechanic, given that 
an open world, you're so accustomed to sort of setting your own pace and agenda, but right. you've got to be mindful that, you know, Bowser's on his way. Right, this fucker's going to turn uh-huh. up at any moment. So, like, that reminds me of Resident Evil 3, where at any point, like it was such a big thing at the time that you could be walking about and everyone would be totally quiet, and then all of a sudden this fucking nemesis guy would just burst through the wall mm-hmm. and start chasing you. Fucking terrifying! It kept you on edge. Is this the same sort of thing where you're always kind of like, is he going to appear? Oh, kind of, but it, it, you're also engrossed in you know the platform that you're doing, you mm. know, and trying to get the cat shine. Um, cat shine. Yeah, it's the, what you have to collect. Right. To light up the lighthouse, it all makes sense if you collect it. Right. Because um, the phrase "cat shine" means absolutely nothing to me. That's a very very weird. Phrase. Yeah, that's what it's called. Right. You've got to collect all the cat shines, right? No. Um, Sounds like cat shit. No. Right. Um, but yeah, so so many times I'm like, you know, halfway up, like a sort of windmill jumping thing. I don't know what the technical name for these things are, but you know, and then. I think the technical name for a windmill is a windmill. you know what I mean right moving platforms okay yeah so you're like halfway wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) so you were meaning moving platforms to begin with and you said a windmill well no because one of them was shaped like a windmill oh right okay right that's that's okay then okay um I've broke you. You totally made me lose my train of thought now. So yeah, a couple of times this has been happening and Bowser just decides that that's the moment in time he's going to come. Right. And you're like, fuck off, Bowser. I'm almost at the Aye. top. And then you fall to the bottom and you've got you to start the whole fucker again. Oh, jeez. So, that would drive me mad. I mean, it's it's good. And I think, I don't know, it, that's part of the enjoyment of it, but it's also frustrating. Right. So... And towards the end, it does feel like you're kind of constantly getting interrupted. But as I say, it's like frustratingly enjoyable. Yeah. As a lot of Mario games are, I suppose. Oh, God, I like, I don't know. Like people, people sort of think Mario games are for kids and stuff like that. Now, Mario Odyssey on the Switch mm-hmm. isn't that hard. It's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say easy, but it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. I've I've completed it. Nathan's completed it about what fifty oh, times. God. Jesus Christ! Remember that time? Start again. I remember the time he completed it twice in one day. Mm. What the fuck? So yeah, it's not that hard. But the majority of Mario games are fucking hard. That one, the Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe mm. thing. Yeah, that thing's honest to God. Solid. Oh, it's brutal. I've I can only get about four worlds in, mm. and then Nathan was using. The wee, I can't even remember what he was, the wee guy that can't get hurt. All he can do is fall down the holes. Like, mm-hmm. just it's basically like an easy mode for yeah. it. But even with him, it gets to a point where you're like, fucking hell. Like, it's so difficult. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you class the level of difficulty because I don't know what my skill level as a gamer is, to be honest. I have completed Bowser's Fury, although I need to go back and mop up. Right. All the rest of the, the collectibles and things. And That's I, pretty I've good not going. looked up a guide, so. Right. That's a good. That probably means it's fairly easy. Still, that's pretty good going. Yeah. I think the the two D ones are definitely the hardest. In fact, someone got in contact with me. Can't remember who it was that just did completed. I don't know why. I think it was someone on Twitter was just saying they completed Mario World, and I was like, "That's a good fucking effort." Mm. 
and it was maybe about two weeks ago, I forgot to bring it up, but Castles had messaged me just before we started recording and shown me the like the finish screen. I think it was Mario or maybe it was him with Mario World. Yeah, he completed Mario World. It was the person that tweeted me completed Mario Three, which I think is even more impressive. I don't think I ever No, I did I, we completed Mario Three once, but fuck me, that is hard. And I did it when I was young, when you weren't gonna put yeah. your face through a SNES controller. Yeah. Uh but I so Castles had message saying like showing me the I think it was like the title screen after he completed Mario World and he wanted a shout out, which we didn't give him, so you're getting your shout out now. Because <laughs> see to be fair, like at see at this point I couldn't complete Mario World. No way. I'd be demented. But no, that sounds really good, so pretty good. I mean, obviously, at this point, it's probably what a... Uh, if it came out the, day, the same day as the PlayStation, it's a nearly an eight-year-old game, seven and a half yeah, years old. Yeah. And obviously, it's been spruced up, and the Browser's Fury stuff's new, but mm-hmm. you're still talking about a dated game sort of brought brought through and re-released, mm-hmm. so you would recommend it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you don't get bad Mario games, do you? Like... I don't know. I'd see to me as soon as you see Mario on a game, it's almost like a seal of quality. Like they're almost like they've got a few out almost competing with each other at the moment. Do you know what I mean? But you're still like, do you know what I mean? Like Mario Kart still doing amazing. Like Odyssey still, I, 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 you know, I, high in the charts and stuff as well. So like, there's a lot. And what's the, what's the most recent the, one we got, Nathan? That I've not played the Mario Maker. Mario Maker. Do you know what I mean? Like they're. Mario Maker 2 looks really good. I want a shot of that, actually. We could get that at Christmas, and I've still not even played it. Yeah, he was playing it today, actually, and he was like, I've made this one too hard, Mum. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Some of the levels in that thing are yeah. absolutely mental. Like, I'll need to go into the baby levels, but yeah. I do want to play it. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's actually... I can't remember the name of the game. There's there's more there's more Mario stuff coming out. Nintendo have a Direct, which... When you listen to this podcast, it will have happened the day before because it's gone Wednesday, which is the 17th. So, yeah, that we obviously can't report the news that comes out of that, but it's the first time Nintendo have done a big direct. So it's going to be a 50 mm-hmm. minute thing where they are going to have some kind of big and more bigger announcements. It's, I read a report earlier saying it was 530 days since our last one. Uh, since then, in the, in the time sort of before that, they have done many directs and they've announced there has been some decent stuff to be fair but there's been a few of them that have just released garbage like mm. it's just been like at the end of them you always see all over twitter people just going fuck me is that it so i think they're gonna have some good stuff i think i think i mean obviously we can't report on it until next week mm. but i think there's gonna be some good announcements there's there's definitely another mario game something that's they've said they're going to show footage of tomorrow because this is this year's the 35th anniversary of Mario. Mm. Like, if you hashtag Mario35, you get a wee guy, a wee emoji. Oh, you do love uh, a, a Twitter emoji Fucking and a hashtag, love, love a hashtag emoji. Mm. So, Our good friends at Pepsi haven't been in touch in a while. Aye, what's that about? Mm. I want some more gear. <laughs> we need to go on that. To be, fa- to be fair, I've not been tweeting that much about no, Pepsi. Like, I'm still representing daily. Mm-hmm, obviously. Aye. But Craig is one of the, the biggest Pepsi Max fans. Not Pepsi, Pepsi Max, just to be nah, clear. Pepsi can fuck off. Yeah. Pepsi mm-hmm. Max, though. One that's where it's at. And we we they were kind enough to send us a little little package just before Christmas, didn't they? Yeah, it was good. That was honest. 
it's meant I shouldn't have been so excited, but I really was. Like, just some random PR guy that was just like, I throw this fucking idiot a bone. But yeah, well, to be fair, you didn't know anything about it, though. No, I didn't know it was coming. Because um, no. the message, like, so I can't remember even the, the message thread, but basically I had commented and they had clearly worked out that I was, you know, partner of you yeah. and messaged me and said, we'd like to send Craig a little something. Can you be in on the secret? And I was like, obviously... So, yeah. I remember coming home. There was just this package sitting. Me with my camera. Aye, you were <laughs> you were a camera, out and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what is going to be in this? Nothing good can come of this. But aye, that was good. You don't expect stuff like that. Yeah. Pepsi representing. So what? Where were we with that? Sorry, how did we get onto Pepsi? I don't know. <laughs> Something to do with Mario, and then we jumped onto Pepsi. Oh, Twitter emojis. Twitter emojis. <laughs> Yeah. We need to get our own actual Twitter emoji. Like, I always put the wee emoji after hashtag pure dead gaming, but... Do you not have to pay the big bucks for that, Craig, though? Aye, but I'm wondering if we could somehow sweet talk Twitter into it. Right. I mean, I'm not fucking paying for it. Well, you work on that. Certainly not fucking paying for it. No. Um, Another freebie that we have played this week is the Tomb Raider 2 remake demo. Yeah. That was cool, wasn't it? Really, really fucking cool. I don't know, it was... It looked way better than I expected it to. Like, I thought it was going to be updated texture models, which I suppose to a degree it is, but it looked really good. Like, the water effects were awesome. So, for anyone that doesn't know, there's a partial remake of Tomb Raider 2 and Unreal Engine 4 being made by fans. There's a demo that you can play and it's just been updated with a photo mode as well as some other improvements including new water simulation rendering, volumetric lighting, an alternative outfit for Lara and as well as like the option to highlight like climbable edges. Of course, that can be turned off if you prefer the old school difficulty because we were talking about that. Like, I can't even remember like you know, when you think of Uncharted and Tomb Raider now, there's like, it's so obvious where to go. I need but, that. I but need back that. then, it was Aye. like, you know, the, the pixels weren't even <laughs> clean enough to put something like that on. Like, I know, I need that there now. Yeah. I just, I like, you don't really think about it. Back in the day, you were just standing at a wall, jumping, hoping eventually yeah. she'd grab onto something. Yeah. But now I need that. Yeah. Like, you know, Is this leap going to be big enough? Because even what we played, this, this small snippet of the demo that we played I was like she'll never make that jump (laughs) and back then you always thought that nah no way I'll have to backflip it and then jump again or something aye but then so I was saying to you no no she'll make that jump and she did Mm -hmm. but then I get cocky and I tried to make some jump and remember she just sort of like careened down the side of a cliff but it was like I forgot I'm saying I forgot maybe it wasn't like this before but it was almost like comedy falling i think before she would she always would like if you landed in spikes like it was pretty brutal Mm -hmm. but like i tried to make that jump on the great wall and she just sort of boom 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 Mm -hmm. all the way down like and it was almost like something out of jackass or something like that do you know what i mean and i don't know if they've put that in as part of the the sort of remake but for we played all that it looked i i I wish the demo they'd released was of the Venice section mm. because that is my favourite. I, I would love to play that. Certainly in those graphics that we played last night, like it looked so fucking. When I just when I look at the the demo we played last night, the water effects mm. like that in Venice because yeah, obviously Venice course, yeah. was heavily water inspired. Like it, 
it looks really cool. My one worry about it, though, we didn't complete the demo. We just played half an hour of it before mm-hmm. watching a documentary. But I don't think... I believe the demo isn't much longer than what we played. Now, maybe they are almost finished it, but they've been working on this game for five years. Mm-hmm. And my worry is that what if the demo is the majority of what they have ready? Mm-hmm. Like, when is this thing coming out? I don't know, like it's it was like a it's like a wee tickle, like a wee tease. Yeah, and you're know. like, I was playing it and I'm like, I want I want the full fucking game. I want the I want the full game. But I don't know how long we're gonna have to wait for this. And I also wonder I was thinking about this last no today, I was thinking this today just randomly. This guy must I haven't looked into it, but this guy must have some sort of agreement with Crystal Dynamics or do you know what I mean? Like Square Enix or someone because they own yeah, the original copyright and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, what if this guy, he must have some sort of agreement in place mm. because if he finishes this thing and he tries to upload it and they're like, nope, mm. and it gets pulled, like, that's that guy's life's work mm. flushed down the toilet. So I assume he's got some sort of deal in place, but I don't know what the deal would be because I don't think he plans to make money off this. So he can't exactly pay them for usage when he's not going to recoup hmm. the money. Maybe he'll do like a, I don't know, Patreon or something like that. He, he, see, to be fair, he probably already does. Mm. There must be something because mm. it's crazy. Like it's really cool. I would anyone with a PC that can play this thing, check it out. It's a free demo. Download it. Have a look. We just sync the Xbox yeah. controller, and... which I found really difficult because I was saying to you, like, I was so used to playing Tomb Raider, like on. On a PlayStation controller? On, no, on PC. Oh, yeah, that's um, right, you were saying. And so... Well, we're playing on PC, to be fair. You could have went through to the I keyboard. I know, but I just remember the button presses being down, and I'm like, like, what am I pre-? And plus, also, I suppose I'm probably more used to a PlayStation, and also all day yesterday I had been playing the Switch, so, you know, buttons were all over the place, and I just could not... Yeah. The, I mean, the difficulty is, obviously, that the Xbox controller's got, like, an... It's got letters on it, like yeah. an A and a B, and you yeah. just don't know that stuff. Like... Yeah. The alphabet's really difficult for you. I, I should mention. I should mention just because people like we said we played it on PC, and then you were saying, but you were used to playing it on PC, and people must be thinking, what is she talking about? But people don't. A lot of people listen to this obviously won't understand the setup we have. So we have a PC, but then it's also hooked up to TVs in two separate rooms. Yeah. So the PC is in the corner of the kitchen, but it's then hooked up to the TV in the living room and the TV in the conservatory. So we were playing it on the big TV in the conservatory with an Xbox controller. So you didn't have the option to use the keyboard unless you went through and sat at the comu- actually sat at the computer, which you weren't willing to do because there wasn't a blanket there. It's not as comfy, is it? No, that new couch is pretty comfy. I'm quite happy with it. I should take this thing. I've laid into a little bit in this episode but I should take this time to note that you have done a very good job so far with that conservatory. I have spent my Fergal time wisely shall we say. You have it's looking good. <laughs> it's very photogenic as well. Whenever, whenever I'm playing games now I quite like to take photos from from there. We'll see how it goes in the summer though once it, that conservatory heats up to about 400 degrees mm-hmm. and I'm melting. Yes. But yeah we'll see. 
So yeah, that's pretty much all we've been playing, isn't it? Yeah, you played anything? You played a little bit of Animal Crossing, but not really. Yeah, just catching impo- up on my, you know, uh, catching the feathers for the festival. But that was all. I haven't played it in about a month now, so I have no idea what you're talking about. But, I mean, there's only so much you can say about Animal Crossing. I caught a fish, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you did about a weeding. I can buy it. I, walked, I, think, oh, I, no. I think I was I strolling by on my way to the toilet or something like that, and you were plucking some weeds. Yeah, like 500 of them or something. Because <laughs> you hadn't played it in a couple of weeks, and Tom Nukes like that. Oh! <laughs> Fucking sort your island out. Like, Pull those guest, weeds. We've got a guest coming. Please make sure you take the place. <laughs> no <laughs> fucking... There's no fear of him getting out and pulling a weed, is there? No. Weed fucking Nazi. He has a Robin wee cunt, him, isn't he? Yeah. Although there was somewhere recently that I saw they were doing... I think it was like memorabilia of Animal Crossing and there was a discount code and it was like something like Tom Nook's. I can't remember, but like it was a, I was like, that's ironic that the discount code has Tom Nook's name in it because he's not giving anyone a discount. <laughs> no, I th- it's really good humour to be mm, fair because yeah. he's always there just to be like, and here would you like another room? Mm. This will only cost you everything you've got. Yeah, you should have seen Nathan's face. I think when he. Um, expanded his house and got a new room, and then he got hit with like three hundred forty thousand bells. He was like what <laughs> but you know <laughs> to be fair it's teaching him value i think like he understands like i need to pay off my loan although he doesn't call it a loan he calls it something else have you heard him say it he's like it's, no um, oh, i'm excited about, about this though because as soon as he understands all this mm. it'll be fucking sent out to work and we'll be paying his digs mm. yeah. it'll be the first eight-year-old to pay digs yeah we did we did purchase him a new switch joy-con after the incident so we have two fully functioning switch. Yeah. See, to be fair, the fact that he punted that down the stairs, it's amazing that all it done was one Joy-Con. Like, that screen's fairly robust, Mm -hmm. especially considering it's got a slight crack in it. So you'd have thought the impact of it coming down the stairs would have just absolutely obliterated it. Mm -hmm. But, aye, fair play. Mm -hmm. Fair play. Together. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so let's move on to some news that's been happening in the past week. So, upcoming PlayStation title Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has finally been dated. The game will launch exclusively for PlayStation 5 on June the 11th. Pretty Ooh, cool. Yeah. Finally. They finally gave us a date. I think they're ripping the arse out of this launch window business right enough. because it was. Well, it was, they'd always said that Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart was coming in the launch window. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, to me, launch yeah. window is, what, three months, maybe? It's yeah. certainly not fucking June the 11th. No. That'll be eight months after the console comes out. <laughs> Wee bit, I don't know. That's, mm. I think that's stretching a bit, although I do think they thought it was going to come out earlier. I, I think they were aiming for a sort of February, March, but COVID... Yeah has delayed it. And I actually I, just, I don't think we have any delayed on our news this week. No, not in the list. I mean, there's but probably something being that's delayed. What I was just, just that's what being, I was just thinking. It's not, not made our news. It's not noteworthy enough. That's what I was thinking, no. There maybe was something that was delayed, but like, it's almost like, I don't know, is that even news at this point? I mean, obviously it is news, but you're just like, again, yeah, again, yeah. again, fuck this. So hopefully hopefully this doesn't get delayed oh, again because yeah. it's fucking... June 11th still a ways away, but 
It looks really good. Mm. It looks really, really fun. It's they're charging seventy pound for it, which I'm fine with. Like I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be fifteen hours. It's going to be a fully fledged game. <laughs> yeah, I think as well for our family setup, you'll play it. I'll play it. Nathan will play it. So we'll, oh, we'll get our money's worth. We'll get our money's worth. Ah, yeah. we'll definitely get our money's worth out of it. But I don't know. I think as the generation goes on, seventy pound is going to become what these games cost mm-hmm. and people will become more and more comfortable with it but mm-hmm. I think Ratchet and Clank's coming at a time where it's still in the early stages of this and some people might still have that hang up and be like I'm not fucking paying mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like I think as we spoke about before Returnal that's going to be a big loser in this because they're charging £70 and most of their games before have been like 20 mm-hmm. so I think people are just sort of trained that they well, you don't you wouldn't pay full price for a house mark game and certainly not seventy pound but Ratchet and Clank's one of the first true next gen PlayStation games yeah. and I think it will be one of these things where people will complain like in the lead up to it you'll hear people I'm not paying seventy pound I'm not doing a seventy dollars whatever like I'm not paying that and then it'll sell really really well it's almost like a good analogy is like in the UFC, they put a, there was a Conor McGregor fight about two years ago. It was the fight with Mayweather. Okay. Pay-per-view in America is usually like $70. But for the McGregor-Mayweather fight, they decided it was going to be $100. And in the lead-up to it, people were like, am I fuck paying $100 to watch Mayweather fucking ruin McGregor? But... It's the most bought pay per view. Yeah, they all did. They and I, people complained and they complained and they complained, and then on the day they went, "I want to, I want to see that," mm-hmm. and then they they paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be the same sort of thing with this. Like Ratchet and Clank, it's got history. It's Insomniac Games. They don't make bad games. The remake they made a couple of years ago was superb. This one looks brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a good game. And it's a decent enough length. People are going to buy it. And I think that will happen with this one. Will they be making use of the like, haptic feedback oh, and controllers and aye. stuff? Yeah. yeah. The first part of the first party games are going to definitely use it. Like mm. That'll be a remit from Sony. Like mm. We're trying to push this new controller. Fuck's sake. Um, In fact, one thing that wasn't... I didn't actually add it into the news just because I hadn't enough, had enough time to read up on it. But the fucking drift. Have you heard of this? No. See how you get the Joy-Con drift and the... Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. Joy-Cons mm-hmm. well apparently there's drift happening mm-hmm. in the Playstation controller the DualSense mm-hmm. so we've been fine so far we've got two and I've not had any issues with it but apparently some people are experiencing drift to the point where there's a class action lawsuit because of course everybody has to sue everybody over everything uh, there's a class action lawsuit being filed against Sony Uh so, I mean, obviously, they're, they're willing to change them over and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, to be fair, were excellent. The customer service was amazing. Like, they, I think I was a wee bit unsure sending it because there was, like, you didn't know if I was going to have to pay for it at the end of the day. Ah, like, that's right. I didn't know, but um, I sent it away just before Christmas, and I think it came back on, like, the 5th of January or something like that. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be for a good few weeks later, but back, repaired, free ah, charge. Over o- over Christmas, COVID. I'm pretty the- sure I sent it on the twenty third, thinking, "Oh, it's fine. We'll get it back till after Christmas." But I'd rather just send aye. it now. You, you would know? be thinking if after January, the first time somebody'd even look at aye, it. Aye. But 
and to be fair, we'd had that console for over two years. Mm, like, no, I would, no, they didn't want anything. There's no, proof that you just know. die on you go. Yeah. Aye. I mean, Nintendo, not known for being compassionate when it comes to money, but mm. fair play to them. Mm. Aye. They were pretty good. And to be fair, I mean, I remember back when the PlayStation 4 launched, the Juice, the Shock 4, sorry, there was an issue with those controllers at the beginning with the analog stick. The rubber was wearing away. Mm-hmm. And. I suppose this is more game than Sony, but I don't know if you remember, but I went into game. Like there was there was all this talk that oh you could send it away to Sony, they would send you another one, or you could take it back to wherever you'd purchased the console and they would sort it out. So I went into my local game store and I took the controller and I was like, I this controller's buggered. It was eight months later or something like that, after the console had launched, and the the girl behind the counter couldn't have been more helpful. Like she was just like, "Yep, no problem," and she gave me that uh, camouflage one, yeah. which was actually more expensive than the mm. normal one. But she was like, "I just take one of these. That's fine." On you go. Mm. Don't have to sign in. Don't have to just. She just gave me it. So maybe uh, we're just lucky. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, I think you're always going to get this. Like it's mm. it's the launch of a console. There's going to be issues. Yeah. Like when you jump in day one. I'm not going to say you're beta testing this console, but they, like Sony and Microsoft, whoever brings out a console, like they do their due diligence and their testing, but you can only test so much yeah. in a confined yeah. environment. Yeah, it's only when it goes to mass that... Aye, that these issues start appearing yeah. and stuff like that, so you're going to get problems. So, next up, casting for The Last of Us TV show has been revealed. Joel and Ellie will be paid, played by Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian and Bella Ramsey of Game of Thrones fame. Hmm. I like this casting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really good. I I mean, neither of us have... I've watched the first season of Game of Thrones, which I'm not even sure if she was in. I don't know. People are going to shout at us because it's like... I have to love it. I just can't be asked with <laughs> But uh, I have watched... like. I don't know that much about Bella Ramsey. She's been in other stuff as well, but I did sort of look at looking at some YouTube stuff of her just to get a feel for mm-hmm. like her yeah. acting and stuff like that. And I like the casting of that. Yeah. Like in Game of Thrones, seemingly she was like head of the table. Like she was a child, but she mm-hmm. was like in charge of like screeds of warriors and stuff like that. And like so, she was not an Ellie type character there, but she has played roles where she is more soft spoken and more a little bit more apprehensive. Mm-hmm. And it's tough you're going to get you can go two ways with this you can either have actors that look like the original cast mm-hmm. uh, or you can go a different way I think going a different way is probably the right move Like you're not going to get people that are going to look exactly like Joel and Ellie from the game yeah. so to get away from that comparison I think is probably a good thing the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause with that is that i don't like the fact that they're the basically the first season of this last of us tv show is recreating the first game mm. because i think that's going to give you that direct like we've oh, played that's not how you did it in the game yeah we've played yeah. The, we've played through that game so many times and i think to one of our listeners chris like he just tweeted recently he's played it through he just finished it for the 13th time mm-hmm. like it's his favourite game ever he plays through it about twice a year and like I like the casting but I just I wish they weren't doing the first game mm. I don't know like I, my hope is that if it does well that they'll they'll go through the first season will be the first game but then seasons two three four could 
sort of bridge the gap between the first game and the second game. Mm-hmm. Like they could tell a different stories in yeah. that universe yeah. because I don't know. I just I think it is going to be a little bit strange watching these other people sort of cosplay through a story that you know so well. Mm. Although it is very interesting. Like I had to laugh see when they they cast that the guy from the Mandalorian. Like he's you watch the Mandalorian and he's carting about Baby Yoda, and now he's going to be carting about Ellie. Like he's mm. just like they they basically just went and went. Ah, we've got another escort mission for you, Pedro. And he's like, I no bother. So I thought that was quite good. But yeah, no, I th- it looks good. It looks good. Yep. So item number three on our news list is that Six Days in Fallujah, which was cancelled late in development in 2009, is back and is set for a 2021 release date. It has been resurrected by Highwire Games and Victura CEO Peter Tamte adds, it's hard to understand what combat is actually like through fake people doing fake things in fake places. That this generation showed sacrifice and courage in Iraq as remarkable as any in history. And now they're offering the rest of us a new way to understand one of the most important events of our century. It's time to challenge outdated stereotypes about what video games can be. Interesting. It is. It'll be interesting to see if they can follow through on this. Like, it Mm. sounds... It's very PR speak, like, oh, we are creating the most realistic shooting game. And you're like, right, but are you? I've looked into the story a little bit, but it does seem quite complex. Like, I I just think it's mad that a game that was cancelled in 2009 is actually coming out. Like, I remember hearing about it a few times throughout the years and, like, it was almost finished when it was, when it basically said, no, we were not coming this out. It was so. It was like it was pretty much to, done. Yeah, but largely due to kind of controversy around the topic and. Well, it was it was five years removed from the events, mm, and which I suppose is pretty close, isn't it? Aye, still it's, fresh in people's minds, and it's difficult. I, I don't. I personally, I don't think anything should be off limits. I think it's good to tell this stuff, like, mm. but I can understand why some people were against it and. I'm glad it's came back. Like, it's changed. It was a third-person game, and it's now switched to first-person. And, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I'm really intrigued by it. Like, yeah. I, I think they're using some of the original assets, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I almost want to, like, see what the first, like, what the 2009 version was like, and then see what the new one's like, because... Well, I was listening to a podcast, and they had sort of... It was the Sacred Symbols podcast, mm-hmm. and they had suggested, like... Wouldn't it be cool if, as an added extra, they sort of bundled in the mm. original game? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be really fucking cool, mm. but that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, it would be so cool. Like, I, I mean, maybe not. It depends how well it turns out. I was going to say I'd be more interested to play the 2009 game than the game from mm. that's going to release this year, but maybe not. I mean, it, it sounds like it could be pretty good. Like, this Highwire Games, they've got some ex... Uh, Bungie guys, like guys that worked on uh, Destiny and stuff like that, so it sounds really cool whether it comes together or not, but I don't know, like I'm always fascinated by games that were meant to come out and then just didn't. Like There was that game that Sony London were making, the 8 Days, I showed you the trailer of it. Oh yeah. 
Uh, and it was, it was a bit like GTA style. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. There was just, yeah, I mean, just... like, granted, they show you like a trailer for it, and there's so many times they show you a trailer for a game, and then it comes out and it's dumbed down mm-hmm. because they couldn't actually, mm-hmm. like, I fulfill the promise. And maybe that was this, but it was a trailer from like 2006. It was like just after the PlayStation Three came out, and it looked fucking awesome i mean some of the graphics looked a bit rough but some of the animation even now mm. would have looked pretty cool like i love sony london they're the guys that made blood and truth no. uh, and it was quite interesting because the guys that were the two main characters in eight days they look very similar to the guys from blood and truth almost as if they sort of half reused the characters i mean they didn't one-to-one because the characters in blood and truth are British, whereas mm, the guys, yeah. you know what I mean. So they they didn't, but it was it was real. I don't know. I was watching the trailer. I watched that trailer again last night just because collating the news for this, and I thought I need to watch that again. And it looked so cool. I was. I started, you know what happened with it? Well, I started researching. I'm like, why on earth did this get cancelled? It would look cool even now. So back then, I don't mm. remember it at the time, but mm. back then it must have been like fucking hell. But seemingly it was because the the two reasons I found online that were given was one, because it didn't have an online aspect that Sony thought it wouldn't do well long term. Mm. But that seems like a fucking terrible reason to cancel a game. And the other one was because Uncharted had just come out and they didn't want to muddy the waters between two sort of similar games. But None they didn't, didn't seem similar from what? no none of that stuff rings true to me plus yeah. every fucking game Sony bring out now is third person action so mm. I don't know none of those it must have been something else to it but it looked really cool like some of the things I was looking at like it had a it had some features in it where if it was daytime outside it was always daytime in the game and when mm. it was if you played it at night it was nighttime in the game the it was set over eight different states so there was eight different maps, which was very ambitious. Mm-hmm. But they'd used Google Maps to make sure it was an accurate representation of the eight yeah. different states. Like, it obviously wasn't the full state, but mm-hmm. whatever section they'd used, like, it was, like, one-to-one recreation. So there was a lot of really fucking cool ideas. But then it just it just got pulled. They, they were also, Sony London were also making a, a getaway game at the same time. I think it was Sony London pretty sure it was or there was a, a new getaway game getting made at the same time and that getting binned and all yeah you wonder how many I don't know just games either don't get greenlit or it's crazy get far enough and then for whatever reason just I know the other, the other one that comes to mind straight away and I can't remember the name of it but Sucker Punch the team that put out Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. before they started working on that they were working on a different game and it got basically an eight minute gameplay section got leaked of that. This was after Ghost of Tsushima came out okay. and it was like, oh, this is what we we're working on before, but we stopped working on this to make Ghost of Tsushima. And don't be wrong, I mean, I, I've already said Ghost of Tsushima is my game of the generation, so I'm mm-hmm. glad they did. But the game they were making beforehand looked fucking cool. Like, really, mm-hmm. really cool. It's worth It's worth seeking out. I cannot remember the name of it now. But it looked cool, and it's very. I, I always, I'm really nerdy about this sort of stuff. But the the game that was cancelled, it had sword play in it as well, like sword fighting, 
and there's certain animations that are exact animations that they then used in Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. So there's certain bits, certain things that happen, you're like, oh, they just took that exact slice mm. and then used that. So it was really cool. Mm. But it, well, that's one that's worth looking up. Cancelled Sucker Punch game. If you put that into YouTube, you'll find a cool video. Mm. So GTA 5 has now sold over 140 million copies. 2020 was its second biggest sales year. Yeah, just absolutely mental that this game continues to sell. It almost... I was going to say it doesn't surprise me that this was the second biggest sales year, but I suppose you would expect when it came out on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One for it to have been. Mm -hmm. But it's just crazy. Like it's it's absolutely crazy that this thing just keeps banging out more and more copies. I do wonder though, I think there was a time at one point there was a weekend, I think it was like June or July, it was during lockdown, where the Epic Store on PC gave Grand Theft Auto away for free. So if you logged on to the Epic Store, it was like a 48-hour window. Mm. And if you logged on, they gave you the game for free and you could keep it. And I wonder if that counts towards the sales number. Because if it does, that makes sense. Because think how many people would have jumped on. Like, I did it and I own it mm. on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox, PC. Like, I own it on all these platforms but, I mean, I even jumped on, and I've listened to numerous podcasts that have talked about the incredible sales that this game's getting, but not one of them has mentioned that, that it was free for 48 hours, and I'm pretty sure that that would still count towards sales. Still quite a small window, though, for it to... It is, but, I mean, I remember when it when I, I was on Twitter and they announced that it was happening, and when I tried to go on, the whole thing crashed, mm. like it... It took me till the next day to be able to go on and actually get it because there was so many people jumping on it. And like I say, like I own it on multiple devices and I still went on and I was like, it's fucking free, why not? Yeah. Maybe at some point at the Epic Store will get exclusive content or something like mm. that. So it's just interesting because I think if you owned a PC, why the fuck would you not get Grand Theft Auto Five for free? Mm. So... I wonder if that included, yeah. if that added up. It probably did. I yeah. can't imagine why it wouldn't have. Even though it's free, it's still a sale. Yeah. Still yeah. a purchase. Yeah. Okay, so rumours have once again intensified that independent studio Techland responsible for the mega successful 2015 first-person zombie action survival game Dying Light is close to being gobbled up by Microsoft. The story gained traction when multiple Xbox podcasts began speculating that the Polish studio was next on Phil Spencer's list. And since then, the community manager has came out and debunked the claims on Twitter, which appears to have done nothing to quieten the gossip. Aye, well, it's, I mean, it's not going to. That's, that's, I really, I'd love to know what's going on with Techland. Mm. They released Dying Light. Not a lot of people had that much expectation going in. I sort of did just from the preview footage I'd seen. I thought it looked really good and it turned out to be amazing. But they've been working on Dying Light 2 for a long, long time now. Like, I think it was originally scheduled to come out in 2019 and they've just went quiet. And every time they're quiet for so long that it gets to the point where people are thinking, is this game cancelled? They sort of pop their head up above the water and say, nope, nope, still working on it. Mm. But then last year they lost some key people 
like I think they lost their, the guy that writes, that basically writes the script for it. They lost a few people, which again got rumours going yeah. that maybe this game's in trouble. And again, they popped up to say, no, no, we're fine. And nothing, nothing's wrong here, but we've got nothing to say on the game, which is a bit strange. So I think that's where this sort of rumours came from because they do, they're saying that everything's okay, but to the untrained eye, it does look like they're sort of waving their hand about looking for help. Mm. And I, I don't know if that is the case. And... Microsoft are in the market for anybody they can gobble up right now. Like mm. it's, I think it's getting a bit ridiculous to feel like I'm. I'm a big fan of Microsoft. I like Microsoft, but I don't see why they just keep buying studios. Like Microsoft haven't been putting out quality exclusives on a regular basis now for far too long, and I think they need to consolidate the studios they've got and start putting out quality exclusive games a couple of times a year you can't buy everyone on twitter just now it just seems to be like oh who's microsoft gonna buy next fucking who cares it doesn't matter i don't think they need to be buying anyone else i mean they will they're going to because they're microsoft and they've got more money than they can print but i don't think they need to be buying anyone else i think they just need to calm it get their house in order like they've bought all these studios but nothing seems to be coming out they need to start the proof needs to be in the pudding. They need to they need to start putting out the games. Okay, and another rumour which has been circulating is about a possible GTA trilogy remaster. The three games in question would be GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas. There's no official word if this is actually happening though. I really hope it happens. Yeah, I'd too. love it. It me would be too. fucking brilliant, but it does feel like a pipe dream. I don't know, that's a lot of fucking work to redo those three games. It's possible. I mean, Rockstar, they've certainly got the funds to do it if they want to. But I don't know, it just it seems like one of those things... Like, it, this originated apparently from the Rockstar forums, which, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anybody could be on there, like... <laughs> I, yeah. I could make an account and be like, oh, I'm making GTA 8. And they'd be like, are you, mate? Aye. And then some other... Dick's talking about in a podcast in a couple of days, you know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening, but I would love to be wrong. Like, I put up a thing on Twitter earlier saying if they could only remake one mm. of the three, which would you like to see? As we've spoke about in previous podcasts, <laughs> my choice would be San Andreas, Grove Street for Life. Mm-hmm. But you would have said Vice City. Yeah. Uh, so I put it up on Twitter and the majority of people said Vice City, mm. which I can understand. Like, I I sort of almost talked myself into moving over to that side because we're talking about, like, sort of next-gen graphics and ray tracing and it made me think back to that level in Hitman 3 where there's a lot of neon lights and it's yeah, shining yeah. down and stuff and like that. Well, it just uh, looks incredible. No, the one uh, in China... And it's oh, right. it's shining down in the reflections and stuff like that. It just looks amazing. And obviously Vice City was quite neon inspired. Yeah. And I just thought, God, that really would look That'd incredible. But I still I still need to go with San Andreas. I, I find it really interesting. I actually looked this up. Whenever you the argument, which gets brought up a lot, not just in this household, about Vice City or San Andreas, and I don't think I've ever 
had this conversation with people and San Andreas has been the one that's won out in a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's always Vice City. But San Andreas did way better than Vice City. Like, granted, it came out after San Andreas. Eh, sorry, after Vice City. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Vice City sold 17.5 million copies. San Andreas sold 27.5 million copies. And then they re-released the games on PlayStation 4 as PlayStation 2 Classics. Mm -hmm. And I listened to a podcast where every month they break down the top sales and consistently every single month in the PS2 Classic section, San Andreas had sold more than Vice City. Mm, That's interesting. But you always, I mean, you cannot, you you couldn't pick five people off the street and, uh, and poll them and Vice City wouldn't win. But San Andreas sold substantially better from everything that I can gather. So it's really weird. Like, it's as if it's like the vocal minority, but they're certainly vocal because you couldn't... Like, I've never... I've had this conversation multiple times. I've never had more people say San Andreas than Vice City. I'm always fighting the corner, the losing battle. If you would like to join Craig in the losing corner, then do let us know on Twitter at Pure Dead Gaming. To be fair, there was some. I certainly had. At one point, it was almost catching up. Mm. And just when I was starting to get a wee bit of wind in my sails, about 10 other folk come in, Vice City, Vice City, Vice City. And I was yes. like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm closing the responses to this. Okay, so that wraps up our news for this week. We shall move on to our pick of the week. What are we seeing, Craig, this week that our lovely listeners should be picking up? It's a total fucking cop out. It really is. There's sod all this week. See now that I've said that, guaranteed somebody gets in contact. I'll get some email <laughs> going. Well, actually, there's this two D retro inspired side scroller, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna say Super Mario Three D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yeah, I mean, that's I suppose what you're gonna be playing at some point this week because you have yeah. Ah, uh, so it's probably gonna be my pick of the week plus. Yeah. If you want to get, I don't know, into it properly, it did come out after we recorded our last podcast, so <laughs> it's sort of yeah. this week I mean, for it's, us. It's certainly the hottest game of this week, I would say. Yeah, and we, gave it to little, we gave it to Little Nightmares 2 last week, yeah. So, and it is, it is a, a down period mm-hmm. uh, this week. It's going to pick up next week. We've got Taxi Chaos the week after, and then the... Retromania wrestling, so mm. we've got it. We're, we're sort of sorted for the next couple of weeks, and there might even be more stuff that crops up that that pips it. But yeah. uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I think that okay. So, yeah, just when you can't go wrong with Mario, um, Taxi Chaos, we'll move on to some listener feedback. So, James wrote in and said it's priced at $35. Do you think it's gonna hinder its success? Is that £35 as well? No, <sighs> well, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's See, because it's not out yet, it's hard to it's hard to know because there's various pricing being shown. Mm. But yeah, it's weird. It's listed as $35. When I looked into this, it was James, sorry, wasn't it, Ron? Mm. Yeah, James, I think you probably looked at the Nintendo listing for it, which is $35. Now, I'm not sure if that's a Switch tax. We always talk about a Switch tax because things cost more on the Switch. But I did see a tweet 
that went out that was talking about how it was going to be $26 on Xbox. Now, if that is the case, which I am not totally sure that it is, if that is the case, then I'd imagine that would be the same on PlayStation. So you're maybe talking £25 over here, which is more reasonable, but still a bit pricey. I saw there was a guy, he's quite, uh, he's quite well followed on Twitter, Wario64, I think he's... Twitter handle as he posts out a lot of deals and he'd posted out that uh, Taxi Chaos $26 crazy taxi, like the 360 crazy mm-hmm. taxi was like £11 you do the math sort of thing and I was like yeah mm-hmm. when the game, you're when you're ripping off a game and you're twice the price of it, it's a bit rough so I don't. I think it will affect it. Like people, people have a limit for this amount of stuff. Like I think people have a lot of love for Crazy Taxi and they want to play it, but they're not willing to pay a premium to do so. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that it's not a well known franchise. Like I mean, Crazy Taxi is, but people have to put two and two together to come up with Taxi Chaos. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. going to be heavily promoted, yeah. Yeah. so I don't see it selling very well. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, it's fun. Yeah. That's all I care about. Uh, Johnny says that he's fully on board with the Domino's ban. Someone needs to fight the good fight. Weird question though, what's your favourite takeaway food? First of all, Johnny, we will continue to fight the good fight. I passed by that new Domino's today. Yep, I got stuck in traffic and I was stuck right outside the new Domino's and I scowled in that window. Honestly, I don't know. The guy must have thought I hated him because he looked out a couple of times and I was just giving it the evil look inside. Like, you know what you've done. You don't know, but you know what you've done. No, he'll know. In time, they'll all know. But as far as favourite takeaways, we are spoiled. Like, see where we live. There's so many good takeaways. Like, I just assumed when I was younger it was like this everywhere. But then you go to different places and some of the some of the takeaway food's dreadful. But we we're very lucky that we have some excellent Chineses. We have Indian takeaways that have won awards for being the best in the UK. Like we have we've got some really, really nice places. In general, Chinese is my favourite. I would say although it's difficult. I would say Chinese. I would go with Chinese. I think Chinese, usually like a smoked shredded chicken, something like that. That's that's you, my favourite. You don't, like, you variety the places you go to, but you don't really have much variety in the dishes that you order, I would say. Yeah, I go to, like, I'll order Chinese or I'll order Indian or I'll order a kebab or mm. I'll order pizza. But, so, I, I yeah, like you say, I have a variety in the places that I go to. But then when I choose the place I'm going to, I get the, the, th- thing. <laughs> the thing that I get from that place. I, it's just difficult because like a takeaway is a treat. Like it never used to be. I used to eat takeaway every night of the week, but you put the, uh, you put the kibash on that. She's trying to get me on the straight and narrow. And um, so we get takeaway maybe once, maybe twice a week if I'm feeling extra saucy. Uh, so it's a treat. And I don't know, like because it's a treat, Usually, I'm right in the mood for some nice food, so I'm almost scared to try something new in case it's not as yeah, good. You don't want to spoil it. Yeah, you don't Waste want something. A crucial uh-huh. night like, on something that you end up not liking. Aye, when I'm living in a dictatorship here in the house and I'm being limited in the amount of takeaways I can have, I can't very well 
throw one down the toilet by getting something that's not very good. The thing is, what was good to expand your variety in food was the likes of like world buffy type places, but when the hell are they going to reopen? I mean, you can't just have food open and about now, can you? No, I never thought of that, actually. That's going to be pretty... Because that place, we had a place at the top of the town, and it sold... Remember that? that oh, it was great. called World Buffet, wasn't Something it? Like that, yeah. And it was the weirdest thing. The food was brilliant. Mm. But other, when it first opened, it was really busy, and they did a lot of parties. Like, mm. I remember having, like, a... We used, we used to work at, like, a retail shop, and they had the party, the Christmas party mm. in there, and it was yeah. busy, and the place was bouncing. But the last couple of times, we got a group of our friends and went... I mean, we went in, there was maybe like a squad of 10 or 12 of us. There was three other people in the place. Mm. And I remember going and up... there was all this food sitting out here thinking, uh-huh. <laughs> like, are we going to get food poisoning here? Well, that's the thing. Like, see, you went up and every single tray was laden with mm. food. The mm. food was brilliant. I mean, I was up about four times and there was, you know what our friends are like, there was a few, a few others that were up seven or eight times. <laughs> and the food was brilliant. But I just remember thinking, this place is dead. How can you afford to be making all this food? Mm. Half of this must be going to waste. Yeah, it's really strange, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember the the, fir- the first time it was like that coming out of that place and going. I think I said to you, I was like, that place is going to be shut in about two months because mm. they must be losing their ass mm. in this place. Mm. But then we went about six months later, and we went in, and there was about three people in the place, and there was hundreds of food, and you're like, the economics don't add up yeah. here. What is it? Yeah. what's going on but I know it was nice I'd, like you say I have no idea when these places will open back up that's going to be that's one of those things that when is this stuff going to go back to normal for a long time mm-hmm. before people feel comfortable as well okay and last question from Harry he said if you could have one Nintendo exclusive franchise appear on other consoles what would it be Mario Kart <laughs> for me Mario Kart mm-hmm. like People can argue Mario is the best 3D platformer. It probably is. But you've got other good 3D platformers like Spyro, like New Super Lucky's Tale. Like, do you know what I mean? There's other yeah. alternatives. And then people would say like Zelda. But there's other games that are similar to Zelda. But I don't feel like anyone else has made a kart racer as good as Mario Kart. The closest probably was the Crash Team Racing remake, Mm -hmm. which was good, really good, but they never nailed the power slide, no matter what. Some people say they did, they didn't. To me, they didn't. So uh, I don't think we've ever had anything near the quality of a kart racer outside of Mario Kart, so I would choose that. What about Ryan's toy reviews? Did he not release kart racing? I did, I that fucking honest to god that was another one by the way that was about 40 quid aye yeah. I remember looking on PSN profiles because it shows you how many users there is like how many people have played it and it was low it was mm. a low amount and I remember thinking that should have been a slam dunk mm. because the amount of kids mm. that watch yeah, that so little fud Ryan's Toy Reviews is like a YouTube channel that I think he's like I don't know the biggest Oh. child in the YouTube industry. Yeah, basically basically what, was, ha- basically what happened was there was two parents got together, had this kid called Ryan and went, let's milk this wee guy like a cow. <laughs> but 
that should have been a slam dunk. There's that many kids that watch that wee guy that that should have sold mental amounts, but they even managed to price it so high that that didn't sell well. Mm. Think of that. I mean, that's crazy. But no, that was it was meant to be dreadful. It was meant to be really, really bad. Okay, so that just about wraps everything up for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, apologies that it was just me and Craig. We hope to have the full team back next week. I don't think you need to apologise. Right. Still, I mean, this, is a, this has been a delight, the two of us in your ear holes. Well, you can let us know, fellow listeners. Don't be giving Andy a big head. <laughs> Um, yeah, so please do give us a subscribe if you want to hear more from us and we will be releasing our next episode next Thursday, so we hope you stick around for that. And as always, any questions, please do email us at puredeadgaming at gmail.com or if you'd like to message us on Twitter, it is puredeadgaming. Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks very much, guys, and we will catch you next week. Bye. The Pure Dead Gaming Podcast.